Has it, how many of y'all have said Merry Christmas to somebody this year? A couple of people. It's, it's hard, isn't it? It's just like Will was pointing out. Things Sometimes things overlap. And Nick, you turn around once and a whole month has gone by. You turn around twice and half a year has gone by. Next thing you know, you're old. <laughs> I know none of y'all are there, but I, you know, I feel like I'm on my way anyway. But, uh, you know, every year Christmas comes and goes. Every year. As long as the Lord gives us days, we'll have Christmas time. And we'll, uh, it'll come and it'll go. And the next thing you know, we're taking Christmas stuff down. And we're putting it back in the attic or wherever it is you store it in the storage barn. And we're thinking about what's going to happen at Easter time in a few months. And then we're thinking about summertime. And then we're thinking about Thanksgiving again. And it just keeps going on and on and on. It, it's, if we're not careful, believers, we will get sucked in to the cycle of living in this world that causes us to miss out on the important things. Okay? Now, I realize that most of y'all in the room, if not all of y'all, uh, understand the importance of Christmas and even the importance of Thanksgiving. I think you understand the importance of coming to church on Sunday morning. Here you are, <laughs> right? So it's kind of like, okay, so what are you talking about? Well, we can, we can live a life and go to church on Sunday, and we can even go to Bible study on Wednesday night, and we can get involved in community activities. We can celebrate the holidays, Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, and whatever other holiday we might want to make a big deal about and still miss the importance of all of it. You can even have a good time with your family. You can even uh, be a blessing to other people and still miss what's important, what, what it's all about. You can even get upset as society tries to shut Christmas down or change it into something that it never was intended to be. Now, I'm, I, I said something a while ago when, when we were singing, before we started singing, I asked how many of y'all was Black Friday shopping with all the crazies. I call them crazies. Oh, they're probably good people. I don't know. But they're out there. And they're bumping elbows, trying to find the deals, whatever it is that goes on. Right? Look, whatever, whatever works, if you, can, if you can participate in things in the world and not lose sight of what's going on at Christmas time, then... To God be the glory, right? I'm not going to stand up here and tell anybody that they're doing something wrong because I don't know that they are when they go Black Friday shopping. All I know is, is my wife and I were driving back from Indiana on Friday and it was about midday and the, the interstate was backed up for a few miles both directions Round about Lexington area, Lexington, Kentucky, because there's an outlet mall right there. And I'm driving by them. I'm driving by them in the left lane because they have a big sign out on the highway that says, if, if you're passing through, get in the left lane. If you're shopping, get in the right lane kind of deal. 
And I'm just looking at all these people in this long line of traffic. And I'm thinking to myself, and I don't know, I don't go in there. What on earth could be so important that we would sit in this traffic? What do you got to have? What on earth could they possibly have on sale that you or someone you love absolutely has to have that you go through this? Again, I'm not saying it's wrong. But I don't see no lines at the church house on Sunday morning like that. Hello? I don't see nobody lining up uh, trying to understand what, uh, what salvation is about. You see? I watched the Alabama-Auburn game last night. How many of y'all watched that football game? That was a great, that was an amazing game. Whether we won or we, whether Alabama won or not, <laughs> it was an, a, a great football game. And I tell people all the time, that football game every year is better than the Super Bowl. Every year, that's my opinion. You can argue with me if you want to. But it was 43 seconds left in the game. Y'all know, y'all that watched it know what happened. And I'm sitting there on the couch going, man, i got to listen to these people for a whole year talk about how they beat us. And then the, they had one play, and he threw it in the end zone, scored a touchdown, and it changed the whole thing. It was an amazing football game. And I got to celebrate because my team won. And I'm looking at the crowd. You can't hear nothing because the crowd is so noisy up until that happened, Right? You, you, watch the, you watch the Michigan, Ohio State. It was even louder than it was at Auburn. Any, any football game, any, any concert that goes on, it's packed full of people and it's loud. Because people have to have whatever it is is being offered. When, when, when Biltmore House opens their Christmas event every year, People line up, and they pay a lot of money to go look at the lights. Okay, knock yourself out. But it makes me wonder, it makes me wonder, why is it that nobody, it doesn't, I won't say nobody, why is it that not many would spend all of their time standing in line, sp spend a lot of their money trying to obtain the most valuable thing that's offered on the planet. And that's our Savior Jesus. Why? I mean, it's, and some of y'all say, well, that Jesus said it was going to be like that. I don't know why you're surprised. I'm not surprised. I just notice it every year. I notice it at Christmas time. And I thank the Lord that I notice it personally because I don't want to fall into the trap of going through the motions of Christmas and forget what it's all about. Forget what it means. Forget what it's connected to. Because if we don't have Easter right, then Christmas don't matter. If we don't have a Savior, then I guess I'm going to go get in line with everybody else and get the best thing I can get in this planet. Because once it's over, it's, there's nothing left. Now, understand me, I'm not trying to condemn people that are shopping on, on Black Friday. Knock yourself out. Just do it in a way that honors God. That's all I'm saying. Right? It's just, it's just evidence that the world does not want 
what God is offering. And that's why Jesus taught that few will find the narrow path. And many will take the wide. And, and here we are, we got, what, five Sundays left? Five, counting today, five Sundays before Christmas this year. And, and, I, and I always wonder, how, how many of us go through Christmas and then it's New Year's Day and we're exhausted because of the festivities and the, act, the activities and the running around and the doings that Christmas brings? Have we missed it? Have we missed what happened? Have we missed what the celebration is about? I pray that that doesn't happen to us very often. If we're, if we're keeping in step with the Lord and we're growing as Christians every day and every week and every month and every year as we continue in this journey, uh, I feel like it wouldn't happen, right, as, as believers. Uh, I feel like Christmas wouldn't, even if Christmas is hard for you at times because of whatever goes on in life. It shouldn't take away from what it is. And we're going to look at Philippians chapter 2 this morning, just a small part of it, to see how uh, this part of Scripture can help us see what Christmas is. Okay? Because, yeah, we can look at the Gospels, and we will in the coming weeks. We're going to look at the Gospel accounts of the birth of our Savior. We're going to, look at, we're going to talk about Joseph and Mary, and we're going to talk about the birth of Jesus and all that happened around of that event and how amazing it is and the things that we can be reminded of. But this, I want to start off our Christmas uh, study in the book of Philippians because it talks about the core of what Christmas is. All right, y'all ready? Let's, let's go ahead and read chapter two, uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 5, starting in verse 5. This is, uh, <clears throat> the Philippians are being taught what it means to be like Christ. They're being taught uh, about the gospel, and they're talking, being taught about what love is, and, 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 they're, gonna be, and they're, they're just being taught, hey, this is who we are, and this is what we do, and this is what it's about. All right, if you want to know any of those things, read the book of Philippians. Here we are, verse 5 of chapter 2. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who, although he existed, that's, uh, verse 6, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. Uh, the, the church in Philippi are being taught about the fact that Jesus wasn't uh, it wasn't something that Jesus had to do to leave the glory and holiness of the presence of the Father and come into the world it was something that he gave up right he existed in the form of God and did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped in other words he let go of heaven he, he let go of God and his holiness to come into the world and be like us let, let me just read the rest let me just read through and we'll, we'll break it down in verse 7 it says but emptied himself emptied himself taking the form of a bond servant and being made in the likeness of men verse 8 
being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by uh, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And in verse 9 and 10, or yeah, verse 9, 10 and 11, it says, for, the, for this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed uh, on him the name which is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow uh, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Did y'all hear what I read? He didn't say amen or nothing. <laughs> He's saying Jesus, our Savior, gave up his place in heaven in the presence of holiness to come into the world and also allowed himself to become like us, become human for the purpose of going to the cross and dying on the cross so that his name will be known as Lord, all for the glory of God. That's, that's the summation of what I just read. And when we say Merry Christmas to people, when we celebrate the birth of our Savior, when we celebrate that, that day when Mary and Joseph were uh, uh, put in uh, some shack in the middle of nowhere, because no one would let him in. And people were coming from all around to give him gifts. And other people were seeking him out to kill him, even after he was born into the world as a man. It's all for the glory of God, y'all. It's also that we could have a Savior. It's also that he could come into the world and die on the cross. I wonder on Christmas morning when we wake up wherever we are and there's maybe a Christmas tree in the house or the place where you are and there's some kind of coffee being made. Nobody cares about their bed head. They don't even come out of their pajamas. And they just sit there with, haven't even brushed their teeth, just drinking coffee, looking at the Christmas lights. The world seems to have stopped for the most part. The hustle and bustle has quieted down at least for half a day on Christmas morning. If there's children around, they're, they're making all kinds of racket because they can't wait any longer. And you've been up since before the sun came up. It's a pretty amazing moment, isn't it? I wonder if we sit there and think about the fact that our Savior, who is God, let go of the holiness of God to come into this world as a man, a human being. Not just to hang out, not just to say hey, not just to teach some Bible lessons. He came here to be killed in a brutal way on the cross. And if, if we think about that, y'all, if we think about what we just read in Philippians chapter 2, the description of uh, our Savior and his sacrifice, his humility, his servanthood, 
right? He came here to serve us by going to the cross. And we think about all of that while we're sitting on the highway in a two-mile line trying to get the latest Nike sneakers. I wonder. I'm not saying it should change what you're doing. I just wonder if it ever crosses our mind. Does it ever become a reality? It's not a fairy tale. Does it become a reality that Joseph and Mary had a real live human baby boy who let go of the holiness of God to come into this world and live the way you and I live as human beings. The, the, the trouble with understanding that is, is we don't know any other way to live. We have no awareness of any other way to exist other than in human form. So it's difficult to see and realize that there was an actual baby that came into this world, this same world we're living in. And was raised up to be a grown man who became our Savior, who is God. So that God would be glorified. Christmas is to glorify God. Christmas morning that we celebrate and we share gifts with one another and we serve one another and we... Uh, be a blessing to one another. I hope that's the way it works in your family. Is because we're trying to be like Christ. I mean, if we're going to be Christians, right? I mean, I think that's what the word Christian means, to be like Christ or little Christ. And if I'm going to be like Jesus, then I need to know and understand how to, verse 3, before we read verse 5, says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but in humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. I cringe many times when I hear people, whether I know them or not. It's the right word. Complain about a Christmas gift that they've received from someone else. Okay? And, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't cringe as a judgment on that person. I cringe because society, over the generations, we have taught ourselves, at least in this part of the world, in general, I mean in general, we've taught ourselves that Christmas is about giving and getting what you want on your list. One of, the, one of the busiest days for retailers during holiday seasons is the day after Christmas because everybody's taking back their gifts and exchanging them for what they want. Again, I'm not going to say right or wrong whether that should happen. I'm just saying, why am I spending money on you and you're spending money on me if we're just going to go give it back and get what we want? 
I just spend my money on myself and you spend your money on yourself. Because there's nothing, the heart is disconnected from all of that, y'all. What does that have to do with the gospel? What does that have to do with Jesus? What does that have to do? Because if we're Christian folks, if we're believers, we're trying to be like Christ. In some of the most special moments, I'm willing to to guess in, in your life, are moments when you were able to go into the world and be a blessing to a family in need or a person in need during the Christmas time. Because not everybody has what you have. Not everybody has things you have. Not everybody lives the way you live. And not everybody has the Savior that you have. So why would we not be like Christ, especially at Christmas time? Didn't he bring the greatest gift of all and offer it to us? Why wouldn't we be like him? Verse 4 says, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. I'm, a, I'm an online shopper. And here's why. Because I'm not good with crowds and crowds of people in the same place. Love people. Lo- love them, love them, love them. But everybody in the same place, I don't even like to go to football games because of this. I'm fine with sitting there watching the game, but when everybody's leaving... I mean, we're literally walking shoulder to shoulder trying to get out of the building. I, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't, don't want to have to do it. Every now and then I go to some. But it's like I shop online because I don't have to deal with all of that. But why? What am I doing? Why am I even shopping at all? Why, am I, what, what am I, why do I give gifts? To anybody. Is it because I love people? I think most of the, I think for most of us it is because you love people. You love your friends, your family, and your neighbors, and you want to be a blessing to people. Uh, I mean, you love your preacher, and you like, he likes pumpkin pie, I'm just saying. Why do, I mean, why do you give gifts? Are we giving because Jesus gave, or are we giving because it's expected because it's Christmas time? Are, are, are we sacrificially giving like Jesus did? Uh, uh, several years back, I started thinking to myself, you know what, I'm just going to start making stuff that you can't buy anywhere else and give to people. Then I figured out that's a lot of work. <laughs> so I figured out, uh, I think one year I made a bunch of different kind of barbecue sauces and jarred them up and gave that to people, homemade barbecue sauce. It was good. I liked it. Everybody else liked it. It doesn't last the whole year, but it's something that people remember. And something you have to work at. So that's what I tried to do. He says, he says, have the attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. What is his attitude? What was his attitude? And he's talking about the attitude he had before he came into the world. We understand that Jesus existed before he was born into the world as a baby. John, John 1, 1, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and, 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 and God was the Word, and, 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 and so on. It's not that Jesus never existed and then existed, and now he doesn't exist. That's not the, that's not the case. He's always existed. 
But this is describing that he let go of his previous existence so that he could come into our world, this world that God created for us, and fix a problem that we can't fix. And the only way to do it is to become like us in every way except for the sinfulness and the, and the sinfulness of, uh, of man. If there's ever a time to praise the Lord, it's Christmas and Easter. And if we truly understand these two time periods, these two events, we would celebrate Christmas and Easter year-round, always. We wouldn't have to have Christmas lights and trees and candles and pumpkin pies and turkeys and hams to give to folks. We, w- we wouldn't have to have uh, all the things that come with the Easter celebration, even though jelly beans are pretty amazing, to offer the love of Christ, right? Because that's what Jesus did. That's exactly what Jesus did. It says, have the attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ. Who, who he, look, he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as a thing to be grasped. In other words, if you want to draw a picture in your mind, uh, Jesus uh, was with God and he decided, you know what, uh, it's better to go into the world and uh, surrender myself to being a human being so that we can save these human beings than it is for me to just stay here and watch them die. That's where we all praise the Lord together, right? That's where Jesus is in the garden right before he gets arrested. He's in the garden praying, talking to the Father, and he says, hey, if there's another another way, uh, that would be nice. Because this is about to be bad. Like, real bad. His humanity was fully evident in that prayer. And, of course, we all know at the end of that prayer, he says, your will be done. And so he goes to the cross because he loves me and you. It's God's will. It's what glorifies God. This isn't just something that happened to, uh, God didn't just wake up one day and say, oh, what happened to the people I created? And let me, let me get this Mary girl to figure, fix this. No, that's not what happened. He created Adam as part of the original creation and he created Eve to be his partner. They together decided to disobey God, which he was fully aware would happen. And he kicks them out of the garden and tells them, you guys have sinned, get out, I'll fix this, and then you can come back. And what we're reading in Philippians chapter 2 is a description of how God fixed the problem. Because God wants to know, do you love him? You ever think about that? Why, Why would God create Adam and Eve if he knew that they would sin? Why would he even put a tree in the middle of the garden that he created for them to live in and tell them not to get it, get to it. Why wouldn't he just not put it there? You ever think about it? 
How would we ever understand or even be capable of experiencing the true love of God if we had never sinned? You see, love, God's love or ours, has to be given by choice. Because forced love is not genuine love. And God wants to know, do you love him? Yeah, you, you remember when you were dating a young person? You're a young person, and you're dating for the first time or the first few times, and there's these moments where you don't know how you feel. You think you know how you feel, but you don't really know. And you talk to your best friend or somebody close to you or your parents or whatever, and you're like, I think I love this person. Should I tell them? Should I say? And we're always scared to say the words, right? Because once you say it, it's a done deal. And what if they don't say they love me back? Then what happens? That's a, that's a, a pretty stressful moment in life, isn't it? Especially if it's the one that you want to marry for the rest of your life. If it is the one and you say it. And with the women, I've, I'm telling y'all, and it's not a bad thing, it's just the way they're designed. If a man pauses too long after that, that's bad, y'all. That's real bad. If you don't instantly respond, oh, I love you too, I, could, I thought you would never say it. If you don't say something like that, you're in trouble. Doesn't even matter what's true or not true anymore. What we're reading here, y'all, is a description of our Savior leaving the presence of holiness to become like us, to become a human being for the purpose of going to the cross because we've sinned. God fixing the problem. All, this is why I keep saying to y'all, our salvation is about us, but it's not really, is it? Your salvation is God because God loves you and he don't want you to go to hell. He don't want you to be separated from him for eternity. It's, it's your salvation and what Jesus did on the cross is for you, but it's not for you. Is it? Ultimately, what is it? It's always about the glory of God. It's always about God bringing glory to himself. Not, not only because uh, he can, not only because he has enemies who need to see that he is God, but also because those who surrender to him, those who worship him, those who love him, need to see it. And there's no, I don't think it's possible for us to see the glory of God. I don't think it's possible for us to experience the true love of God in any, on any level if we haven't experienced what it means to be away from Him. This is not something that God said, oh, there's something wrong. How, there's a noise. What's that ticking noise? Let me go fix. No. This was part of the plan from Genesis 1-1. Because God wants you to love him and he wants you to know that he loves you. It's not just a baby who God said, okay, this is my son. It's not just a baby who grew into be in a man and he went to the cross, called himself the Christ, and now we have this big fairy tale. No. This is God leaving 
his holiness to be a man for the sake of going to the cross because we've sinned so that God would be glorified. That's really what Merry Christmas means, doesn't it? When we say Merry Christmas, we're wishing all of this joy and love and experience onto somebody else. I, I hope you, it's like Merry Christmas is a two-word uh, statement that says, I hope that you know that Jesus is the Christ. I hope that you know he came into the world to become man and go to the cross and die so that you could be reconciled to the Father who loves you so much. When we say Merry Christmas to people, that's what we're trying to say. So how does that happen? How does, how, does, how does it happen when we just walk up and say Merry Christmas? Are we saying just the words because it's time to say the words and that's what everybody else is saying? Or are we saying it because some people don't want us to say it so we're just saying it out of spite? Or are we saying it because we want people to understand that Jesus really is the Christ and he really is God and he really was with the Father and he really did choose to come here in the flesh and choose to go to the cross and be beaten and crucified. And he really did come out of the grave. Oh, is that what we're saying? Is that how we're living? Is that how we're celebrating our own Christmas? Are we celebrating Christmas because we have this kind of Savior? I hope that's true for y'all. I hope it's true for my family. I hope it's true for all the believers around the world. Because there are people who claim to be atheists that still celebrate Christmas because they don't want to be left out of what the world's doing. They'll change it to make it look like whatever they want to do, but they don't want to be left out. Don't teach my kids about Jesus, but let's not let them miss out on Christmas. Don't teach my kids about uh, Jesus, but let's not let them miss out on Easter. Well, which is it? You either believe or you don't. You're, you're, you're either... Uh, celebrating and, 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 and proclaiming Christ at Christmas time and glorifying God, or you're not. Because if you remember in our scripture, it said, Every knee will bow. Because no matter what we do, what we don't do, no matter what the world does or, or doesn't do, no matter what we proclaim or don't proclaim, Jesus is Lord. And you don't have to prove it to anybody. It's not our job to prove that to anybody. God doesn't need us to prove him. Does he? He doesn't need us to go around proving that he exists and proving that he's the Savior and proving that he's the Creator and proving that the gospel's true and proving that the Word of God is true. He doesn't need that. He wants us to go around and be like Christ sacrificing, humility, humbling ourselves for the sake of somebody else, serving others. Jesus came to serve. Why would we serve other people, right? Why would we do that? Because we want an opportunity to share the love of Christ with them, to tell them how much Jesus loves them, how much God loves them, to tell them the story. You don't have to read scripture to people to tell them. You just have to believe it, surrender to it, and be ready for the Spirit of God to use you in great ways. Now, I praise the Lord that we don't have to go to the cross to get people to believe. Hello? We don't have to be like Christ in that way. But we do have to carry our own cross. 
we do have to surrender to his lordship. We, we do have to read his word and let the spirit of God make that uh, true in our own lives so that when we do say Merry Christmas, we don't have to make any effort for it to be a genuine thing. We don't have to do anything extra to make it say what the gospel says. Right? I, 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 it's amazing to me. I go into uh, stores all the time and people are uh, checking me out because I refuse to check myself out if I can help it. And it's like, I don't know, it, it didn't used to surprise me, but lately it surprises me. They say Merry Christmas or Happy Thanksgiving. And I think I've gotten out of the habit of hearing people say that to me. I just kind of assume that, okay, the world's just not going to do that anymore. And it's always a reminder. It's like, why aren't you doing it? Why don't you be the one? Why don't you be the one to insert the love of God into somebody's life in that small way? Right? It's Christmas time, y'all. It's Christmas time. It seems like, you know, people, I'm about to be done. People, people have this big debate about can't play Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Can't decorate your house before Thanksgiving. And then once Thanksgiving day's over, it's like that same day they're all decorating their house and they got the Christmas. I don't care what you do. You can play Christmas in July for all that I care about. You can leave it. We know some people, we've, we've known some people that had it up all year round. <laughs> they just don't even take it down, but th those people it's because they're just lazy and they don't want to take it down. <laughs> they're just like, well, I'm going to put it back up next year, so I'll just leave it. <laughs> the whole point of today is are you intentionally celebrating Christmas for the purpose that God intends for us to celebrate? And are you, are you doing it on a steady basis? Are you doing it just because it's Christmas time or are you doing it because it's who we are? I love you and the Lord loves you. We're going to sing a song. Uh,